0: I really felt you could see elements of Pretty Woman in Julia Roberts's mm. role and when she had that lovely black dress on with the, the bow yeah. and it was so funny With the price tag on too. With the price tag on the back, yeah Would you <laughs> Isn't that Pretty Woman? Isn't there a bit there? It was so funny when he strangely had a flat tyre and I couldn't quite work out why that had happened um,
1: That's what and- happened in the 80s <laughs>
0: <laughs> but of course. Um, but that her thumbing for a lift and shushing her hair up and putting her body out there didn't result in getting a lift. It was like, how did that not happen?
1: I know, I know. I quite like that that didn't happen, actually. I did as well. I thought that was really yeah. good. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Today, we're joined by Susie. Hi there. And Sarah Mae. Hello. And we're going to be talking about the 80s classic...
2: Hello and welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher Podcast. You may be able to hear a little bit of noise in the background, um, so we apologise for that. We hope that it peters out as the episode goes on. But we are here today and we are reviewing Mystic Pizza. And the guests we have in our studio are Sarah May and Susie. And if you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them about the podcast work you do, please.
3: I'm uh, the senior producer for a little indie podcast company called Fable Gazers. And, and who's I'm? Me, Sarah Maitreysen. <laughs> <laughs> me, Julia Roberts from be <laughs> <laughs> um, And uh, every year we try and do a different season covering a totally new story. Um, season one won a, a BritPod award. Um, so that's great. I'm working on season two. It's about one, an underrated author who I love called Georgia Hare. And it's featuring people like Stephen Fry and Garth Nix and Joanne Harris. So,
1: so these people, do you interview, did you interview these people?
3: Yes, I've interviewed them and I'm going to be talking to them about Georgia Hare. Yep. And then I'm also going to be doing a cinematic investigation. Tie in with Flix Watcher. How <laughs> oh, are you? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking into why none of her books have been made into films and sort of charting the history of, of her lack of filmography, should I say.
1: I have no idea who, who this author is.
2: I don't either.
0: I do, and I can't wait for it to come out. My mum is an absolute major fan of Georgia Heyer, and uh, I grew up reading the books. So uh, when Sarah May said she was starting this new uh, podcast, I can't wait.
3: Well, let's, let's just hope I can, I, I mean, I'm throwing everything but the kitchen sink into it. It's going to have audio drama segments. It's going to have book club for people who've never read. I'm going to try and convert new people to this author. It mm-hmm. doesn't always work because, uh, I, you know, I picked people who did never heard of her.
1: <laughs> who, um, what, has she actually made any films? Have any films been made of her books?
3: Yes. One, but it wasn't very successful and she didn't like it in the, in the fifties.
1: But, um, uh, Mary Poppins, P.L. Travers didn't like Mary Poppins famously. So. Yes. But Sometimes they're not the best judge of their films. Is it? Is exactly. it a bad film?
3: Um, it's not. It's not the greatest example, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, it's it's all right. It's it's okay.
1: <laughs> and who are you?
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Susie. I'm the host of the Casual Birder podcast, which is um, a podcast about wild birds. Each episode, um, I look at particular birds, and it may be birds in uk or in europe and i've been lucky enough to travel across to the atlantic to um the usa and canada and so i include birds that i've seen there too um so far i'm about 60 episodes in nice and i have got so much more to talk about (laughs) so i anticipate going for quite some time
1: but you um Not just, you were saying Canada, you've done penguins in Antarctica. Yes, I've been lucky
0: enough to go to Antarctica as well. I see. It's
2: pretty cool. I mean, we get to go to...
1: We went to Latitude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we went to Suffolk. Yeah. So that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not as far as... No, there were no penguins. We didn't cross the equator at any point. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, like Helen said, there's no penguins there for us to, to admire. But it's, it's, I, I don't know, Pe- penguins don't seem like birds, but they obviously clearly are. Would, there, would they be a standard kind of bird uh, affair? Would people want to go out to spot penguins specifically? Oh my
0: goodness, yes, it's really big business. Um, but penguins um range around the southern hemisphere mm. and they have um specific areas for specific species. But for example, you can go to the Galapagos and see um, a certain species of penguin. There are Little blue penguins around New Zealand and Australia. I,
2: I, I've seen penguins in New Zealand. It's yeah. amazing.
0: So, um, but penguins, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's strange because it's one of those things that you're used to seeing as a cartoon or as a chocolate biscuit. Um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, Pingu? Yep. And if you're young enough to know <laughs> um, But to see them in reality is really breathtaking. And obviously I've, I've been very, very fortunate to be able to go and see them. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: On the, near the South Pole.
0: Not that near the South Pole, actually. We were only on as far continent. south. Yeah, we did go on the Antarctic <laughs> continent, but we were only as far south as sort of northern Norway is north.
1: Okay. I mean, it's still, I mean, northern Norway is still in the Arctic yeah. Circle. So oh, it's still, yeah, yeah, so it's still like
0: we were, a, a we lot were. further
1: south than most people in the, in the world get to go to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay, we're talking about Mystic Pizza, which is your choice, It is. Can you tell us um, why you chose the film and give us a two-minute synopsis?
0: Stop me if I go on for too long. So Mystic Pizza was not my first choice of film to recommend for this show, but quite a few of the other shows that I picked had already been used. Um, But it was a show that I saw. I didn't see this in the cinema. I saw it when it was already out on video. Mm. But I um, I was probably about the age of the stars in the film. And it resonated very highly with me. And I've seen it probably only about five or six times over the years. But I have a really soft spot in my heart for it. And I even went to Mystic in Connecticut when I was over in New England because I'd seen the film and wanted to see the pizza place.
1: You're, you're quite um, a, an avid traveller for your, for your hobbies, aren't you? You go to the podcast festivals across the world. You'll travel <laughs> to Antarctica to, to uh, check out Little Bird's. And Did
0: you're... you have the pizza? No, we didn't stop. Oh. I don't know why we didn't stop. Is there a, it's bizarre. Is we there a, is a
1: pizza place in Mystic Pizza? There is, there okay. is, there
0: is in Mystic. Um, yeah, the, uh, the travel side has come from my husband, though. I I never expected to travel as far as I have or as mm. much as I have. He's the he's the real traveller. Um, it's only in recent years that I've started branching out a bit more for the podcast and for my, my podcast likes. But in terms of nature... Um, because he's really into landscape photography. That's why we, we travel.
1: Nice. Helen, what were your thoughts on Mr. Pizza?
0: Um,
2: so, yeah, I ha- I knew about this film, but I had never seen it. Um, so I was quite happy that you picked it because it could be- gave me an excuse to see it. It's been one of the ones that I was sort of like, oh, I should probably give that a go. Um, and yeah, I-, I really enjoyed it. I am... Um, I really like the uh, the three main characters in it. Um, I'm trying to remember their, their names. We've got Julia Roberts is Daisy. Daisy
1: uh, Oh sorry, we forgot to ask we forgot George to yeah, yeah, we we jumped to the synopsis. Yeah, yeah I was
0: like, shall I go back to the synopsis? Yeah, should
1: uh, I apologise. No, it's
0: fine. Yeah, okay, can, so uh, What happens in, what up.
1: happens in Mystic Pizza?
0: So the tagline for the film is three teenage girls come of age while working at a pizza parlor in the Connecticut town of Mystic. And I didn't really feel like that was such a great tagline. I mean, it's not really one that would make you think, yeah, I've really got to see this film. Um, I think the story goes deeper than that. It's about, it follows the lives over one summer of two teenage sisters and their friend, Jojo. And it opens with Jojo's wedding. Jojo is a modern woman, but trapped in the traditions of her town. And you can tell as the wedding is happening, it all looks very traditional but she's clearly uncomfortable and she faints at a crucial spot and that stops the wedding. And then it kind of follows the fallout from that and then what the what the friends all want out of life and it follows their story through that summer. So Daisy, played by Julia Roberts, is the older of the two sisters and she is um, someone who wants to get out of the town but recognises that her options are limited and I think she's learned to play on her her natural attributes her beauty her style and her um sense of uh, what she wants to get and she's extremely popular with with people um cat is her sister younger sister and she's quite bookish whereas daisy is flamboyant and and will um smokes and drinks and plays pool um Kat is uh much more thinking about the fact that she's got a scholarship to Yale she's the good girl she does everything that you would expect a good teenage girl to do and dresses much more demurely and Jojo is just an amazing character she you know you think she's going to have this traditional wedding but she is such a free spirit and wants she wants life on her terms and how the three of them go through this summer um influencing each other trying to find their way in the world and uh and the resolutions that come out and it's just a fun fun film
1: and you're saying helen you hadn't seen it before but um was it it was on your radar was it at the time at the was it on your radar during the 80s or was it um did it come into your radar later on in life
2: uh, later on in life um definitely probably not in 80s as much because um, I'm not a huge fan of Julia Roberts so it wasn't like I was a huge fan of hers when I was growing up um, but I do kind of like films like a league of their own so female romantic comedies like that but I, I really enjoyed it and I think I think it's aged really well like you were saying you know um, Lily Taylor is Jojo and she kind of rejects sort of the ideas of marriage. And um, Julia Roberts is really great in this. She's a little bit slutty. She swears. She plays Paul. Uh, But she's also, she's street smart, um, even if she's not book smart. And, you know, she ends up sort of seeing this uh, preppy guy. But she challenges him on a lot of things that, you know, in normal romantic comedies, the characters might not have on and it's it's just really nice and then also the owner of the the pizza place the famous mystic is kind of this sort of mother of them all as well and mm-hmm. you know she's this woman with her special pizza with her special recipe you know who's running this own business and her husband is kind of there in the background so and you've also got the mother of um Cat and Daisy, who, um, you know, she kind of looks like she's probably brought them up on her own and she works with lobsters. Lobsters feature quite a lot in this. <laughs> so it's it's a really kind of empowering film for female characters who have been written really well and don't really rely too much on lazy teenage stereotypes or kind of like the usual stereotypes for films of this era.
1: Uh, so, um, so May, have you seen this before?
2: Yeah, I saw it... Um
3: when I was sort of much younger, sort of 9, 10 or something like that. Um, And I I just think I saw it on video or something. Um, And I remember thinking quite fondly of it. I I really like Julia Roberts in this. You can definitely tell her sort of early star power because she does, you know, she definitely commands attention. And I was worried, you know, I had that sort of warm, muzzy feeling towards it and then I watched it again. And I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than my husband did. He really he <laughs> wasn't into it at all. Um, I think he found some of the dialogue a bit um stilted and things like that, you know. Um I did like I did like what you were talking about, Susie. The um the, the way that Lily Taylor's character, Jojo, is kind of flipped the male dynamic. You know, she's the one who just wants to like Enjoy sex with her boyfriend. (laughs) She doesn't want to get married quite yet and start popping out children. You can tell that she's quite preoccupied with, you know, having a very set future. Which, you know, there's various points. I don't know if she actually escapes that because she still marries him in the end. (gasps) Uh, Spoiler (laughs) spoiler Spoiler alert! That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were allowed spoilers. You are (laughs) good. Just
1: scaring you a little bit.
3: (laughs) Um. So you know, I I really like. I've always liked Lily Taylor, and I think that this is. And again, these three young women, young actresses, really get to kind of, other than Annabeth, Annabeth Gish?
1: Yeah, he plays Kat.
3: Yeah, I found her character a bit wet, but, and also, I mean, I've never seen a more dumpy wardrobe, but I think that was in she fashion this, in yeah, those she days. she got the
2: short straw on the
0: wardrobe, didn't yeah. she, I think. Okay, is this the point that I, I say that I identified most with? and her wardrobe was exactly <laughs> 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 oh my god!
1: I think it's just in comparison to uh, Julie Roberts and yeah. Lily Taylor's characters. Uh, yeah, those about. are more
0: my, my sort of vibe, I think. Yeah, no, I think so that was one of the things that I noted was that Kat is definitely that was me, that I identified really strongly with Kat however I wanted to be Daisy. I was just never brave enough to be Daisy. Oh really? Right. And I didn't have the I didn't have I, Daisy appeals to me far more than Jojo. I, I, now, as an adult, I think Jojo's character is really, um, really singular. But Daisy was the one that I wanted to be. Well, but I was cat.
3: The nice thing about it is uh, the dynamic between the two sisters is deliberately. They're so such polar opposites, hmm. I mean, there's so much. Te- there's often quite a lot of tension between them and um, strife. And I thought the film brought them together very nicely. You know, in the end, it's it's kind of. It's you know, Daisy's able to allow her sister to kind of lean on her without you know, she she always feels she's got a big chip on her shoulder about being the one that's the kind of black sheep, ne'er do well, slut on the make kind of thing. Um, and I think, you know, they, they do that quite well. But having said that, I did find it quite slow this time. I I um, there were certain things that I found a little bit like the architect trope. Which is like so common in romance. What's,
1: what's the architect trope?
3: Well, you know, I mean, they talk about this in romance fiction is a lot about how um, how often the, the the love interest will their job will be architect.
2: You know, it's one of those things that can you, everyone laughs about.
1: Can you give us it's an example? Tom
2: an architect yeah. In, yeah. in Seattle, I think. And
1: <laughs> the only one I can think of is Tom Selleck in uh, Three Men and Little Lady yeah, and Three Men and Baby, but
2: it's yeah. it's kind of a common one because isn't it? because obviously they're 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 kind of fiercely intelligent but they're also a little bit emotionally creative. unavailable yes. and, and creative an yeah. and have to travel so they and can never they, they can't commit and
1: but okay what what is it i don't understand how this is a trope i've not i've not been i'm not i'm not, I'm not aware of this can you give other examples apart from...
0: Not yeah. <laughs> I was just
2: wondering. We've given to think... you two. Yeah. You've just given us one and I gave
3: you Yeah, one. but I
1: think three doesn't make a trope, does it?
3: Well, it's very prevalent in especially romance literature and lots of movies as well. To the point where it's, you know, people talk about it.
2: Um, I will say um, the one thing that I didn't think aged particularly well are the may- male characters in this. Mm. I mean, they all of them are a bit wet. They're not particularly handsome. I mean, if you (laughs) sort of, you know, fast forward and say, like, in 1988 was, what's his name? Vincent uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Was he ever a romantic lead? And, like, who is Mr. Architect and Preppy Boy? Because I have no idea who they are. I mean, the only only recognisable male actor in it is Matt Damon making his (laughs) debut in it. He's like 12. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but that was a, a bit disappointed that you know, you've got these really beautiful women, and the kind of men that they're, they're sort of sided with are very unremarkable men.
1: Well, I thought, I mean, That's, Vincent D'Onofrio looks. Yeah, I thought re- he was quite dishy. Compared to what he he's a bit weightier now. Yeah. Um, and now he plays as a bad guy, the kingpin in the Marvel mm. t- uh, film, sorry, TV universe. He looks completely different to what he does now. He looks yeah. completely different to what he does in, pri- in uh, a private pile in. Metal Jacket. Um, So he seems to me, I'm surprised he's a romantic lead, but also he seems to me more like a a kind of character actor that wants to play Mm -hmm. these interesting roles. And this is probably just, I think this seems like a film that he got offered and thought, well, I can do it. Um,
0: Interestingly, he was the same age as Tim, the architect. um, Doesn't surprise me. It's quite different, (laughs) yeah. Um, What I did want to say, it's interesting you say that about the looks of the people, because clearly the women um were chosen for how they looked um and that's is that not one of those things though that you know men don't have to be good looking that the women do in these films
1: i don't know what you're saying about the guys i don't know yeah, i mean obviously I, I, i'm oh, not
0: sorry <laughs> I think this is a taste thing um, I, they're not my
3: sort of cup of tea but i did think charles gordon Windsor junior junior which is the name of daisy's squeeze chuck Um, I thought he was, I mean, he's quite, I thought he was quite classically handsome. He's not my sort of thing, but I could kind of see people like young girls at that time swooning a bit, you know, had a very chiseled chin. Mm, Yeah. um, I actually, yeah, I thought that, you know, I could, I could imagine Having a bit of a... Having him on the wall or something.
1: (laughs) Having him on the wall? As it were. As a poster? As a poster, poster, Okay, good. No, just Just impaled uh, onto the wall. Just (laughs) just clarifying.
2: They were a bit bland, I mean... Yeah, no, I I think when you...
3: In terms of characterization, definitely I think the Mm. women were... Although um, Bill, uh, Jojo's boyfriend again that dynamic was really sweet the way he was he was all about like no let's go slow he didn't want to like have sex in their parents room and whatever or on the and floor yeah like that. and so i think they were playing around with that
0: although i mean he there's d- a couple of missteps weren't yeah. there because yeah he had that characteristic but then then he after slut shames over yeah, yeah by yeah. putting nympho on the boat and yeah. i that just she lets him tot- have it she lets him have a She shooting. certainly does. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a pivotal part of the film. But but it just seemed really out of character for what he did.
1: Yeah, she, he lets, he his slut shames her um, in such an odd way, but then still says, I want to marry you. Still, I'm mm. doing this because I want to marry him am like, how mm. does that make any sense? Mm. I think that for me was like the biggest kind of, what are you talking about? Because yeah. I, I did like that role reversal aspect, I mm. thing. I think that was really uh, insightful and, and, and nice. And hey, why not? And and, uh, you know, at the same time.
3: What do you guys think? I mean, ultimately, do you think that she's going to continue? Cause, cause at the end she, she ends up marrying him despite the fact she's had all these incredible doubts. So do you think that she is going to go on and just be, you know, one of the, the old ladies that she sits next to that have gotten fat and kind of like, you know, or, or, and popped up kids, or do you think that she's going to be able to
2: make that role her own? I don't know. Are we pitching a sequel here? So we, (laughs) we we return to mystic in, 2020 and uh, Jojo is now running Mystic she's taken over from uh, L- Leona Le- uh, Leona yeah. Leona uh, and um, Kat has obviously gone to Yale yeah um, <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, again, it's always she, Yale. She's
2: studying astrology.
0: No, <laughs> astronomy. Astro- <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did that on purpose. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <my> <laughs> this was one of the things my husband did, astro- uh, studied astronomy and astrophysics at uni, and and I'm an amateur astronomer astronomer and you nearly made me say it. and it's always been that thing so when that happened in the film i remember the very first time i saw it and and jojo says something about you're going to be an astrologer and it's like no don't say it. and when cat corrected her i was like yes well done okay. but can i just put two little things in here I, i'm so so sorry that they put those shooting stars in
1: oh they're terrible um
0: and when it got to that one at the end that's the peak of, A- it of 80s special effects <laughs> uh, started um yeah when they uh, right at the end and they sort of scanned up and i was thinking please don't go to the sky please don't go to the sky and it went to the sky and i was like no i've made people watch this film But it was the
2: eighties. It was the eighties. Nineteen eighty-eight. These things, it was acceptable
0: in the eighties. Yeah.
1: As an amateur astronomer, though, you know that to represent a shooting star on screen would be pretty difficult.
0: Absolutely. And I I sort of question why they actually needed to show it. True. I feel they could talk about (laughs) it and (laughs) not actually show it. That's a fair point. People have seen them. Um, But the other thing um, I wanted to say was about the kind of um, the way that Daisy called out. Um, Chuck or Charlie when he had his hissy fit at the dinner trying to show what a big man he was Mm. and she knew straight away I mean in fact Daisy was really insightful although like you said she has the street smarts because all the way through she's been really insightful about people's relationships she um, called Tim out really early on and said to her sister you know and I thought she was just being mean but she said to her sister about you know oh really with the guy you're babysitting for that's such old hat Mm. it's like the oldest story Mm. and i thought don't be so mean (laughs) but actually she saw straight through it and the same with charlie she knew exactly what he was trying to do when he was like showing off about oh you're having a go about these portuguese girls it was all him it wasn't her at all
3: Mm. and he did you definitely got the feeling that he again i think they for the 80s it was really kind of quite feministly and and quite good about these kind of beats where you know he's he's having a go at his folks for being sort of looking down on Portuguese people and stuff but he's clearly brought her there to piss his father off and she knows that and she doesn't put up with it you know she she you know kind of lets him have it as you say and doesn't you know stands her ground and you kind of get the feeling that that for her is a pivotal point of feeling you know standing in her own shoes and kind of standing up for herself and who she is as a as a person because you you get the feeling that she's like the way she talks down about herself all the the time you know that she's the stupid one she's the and you can see
0: that you know she's got a relationship with her mother oh that was so touching that that scene yeah when when she tries to sort of say to her mum um yeah I know I'm I'm the rubbish one I'm never going to do anything with my life and um and her mum says well I'm I'm really worried about you and she says yeah me too and I was like oh my god because until, oh <laughs> until then you kind of think that Daisy's quite hard. Yeah, that she doesn't care. She'll just
3: But actually she she's got this quite soft, and that soft part, side of her comes out again when her sister's in trouble. Yeah. Um, and her sister's in trouble with the youth. I must say, I thought Charles Gordon, Windsor, Horatio, you know, Junior <laughs> was yeah. going to be the, the dick, you know, yeah. of the... Of the movie, because it it, it sort of went on that trajectory of, yep, he's definitely gonna like leave her or do something horrible. And he didn't actually. He turned out to not be. Well, he
1: did. I mean, the tables, the scene at the dining table is a bit horrible. Yeah, but
3: he lets her, I mean, she lets, you know, she lets him have it after that, you know, for that. So we kind of had that resolution of that. Um, And I think they did that on purpose so that you could kind of build up to him again, laying the groundwork for thinking he might be the real bad guy. But the real bad guy turns out to be Mr. Architect, Mr. Fancy Pants Architect. (laughs)
1: when yeah I mean when you talked about the architecture trope for me that was like it's more like the older man seducing the, the younger woman kind of thing that was a bigger trope that I was I was seeing in that rather than his job um, and I just thought when as soon as they first met not having not seen this film having not known anything about it, it was, I was just like ugh
0: it was so predictable this is was exactly
1: what's going to happen yeah. wife's away he's there with her and it's like But what, I didn't really feel any chemistry there apart from the fact it was like written in the script. No. Um, And when they did get together, I just thought, again, I was like, ugh.
0: Yeah. I I was so disappointed in Kat for that because (laughs) it was, but I think part of it was that she wanted to be like Daisy and Jojo. Mm. You know, Jojo was already sleeping with her boyfriend. Daisy's clearly sleeping with people. There was that scene where Kat is... You know, she's caught up in the romantic feel of having this older man interested in her. But she sees Daisy come home from a night out and, and she's kissing, Daisy's kissing Charlie. And you can see Kat longing to have that sort of experience herself. Mm. And, yeah, Tim totally abused the relationship and, and took advantage of her. Particularly
3: since she was so inexperienced
0: and she was so vulnerable.
3: And trusting. Mm. yeah. Um, it was. It was... Really bad. I mean, and he was such a cheese ball. I mean, yes. that ghost story nonsense. You know, I was just like, "Come on, cats, Really, are you buying this?" You know, Mister.
1: But well, this is the, this is part of the point with the, with the casting, I guess. Annabeth Anna Gish has to, and this is a point of casting with a lot of. Um, Films where you are p- representing high school people. I don't think that she represented, she really looked like she was in high school about to go into college. I think she seemed a bit more smarter than that. Um, yeah. But even I think also
3: that, those, those horrible jumpers didn't help. They, she was wearing granny clothes. I'm sorry, Sue. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I need to look yeah, so out what, some
0: photographs of me when I was a teenager because I
1: was <laughs> exactly I don't believe that.
3: I don't believe for one minute that you ever were like drowning in this kind of like, you know, I was the stiff. <laughs> I was not <the> stiff. <laughs>
0: Anyone will tell you.
3: <laughs> I definitely think it aged her up, though. That, yeah, it, that, it did
0: oh, age her
1: up. Yeah,
3: it's very like a, a sort of what now would be sort of like a middle-aged yachting
0: woman's. I I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm never <laughs> but no, I mean that that's it. Because when you see the two girlfriends at the beginning coming into the pub, um, the preppy girlfriends. Yeah. And um, they're dressed exactly like that with the pearls and everything oh there's so many bits of this I'd love to talk about and I know we're <laughs> sort of getting tight on time but I really felt you could see elements of Pretty Woman in Julia Roberts's mm. role and when she had that lovely black dress on with the, the bow um, yeah and it was so funny with the price tag on so. with the price tag on the back <laughs> yeah Which <Would> again, <you> <laughs> isn't that Pretty Woman isn't there a bit there but um was so funny when he strangely had a flat tire and i couldn't quite work out why that had happened um that's what happened in the 80s <laughs> but of course um but that her thumbing for a lift and shushing her hair up and putting her body out there didn't result in getting a lift it was like how did that not happen oh, no. i know, I, I, quite like, yeah,
1: I quite like that that didn't happen actually i did as well i thought that was really yeah.
0: good the other thing was that was odd was when she dumped all the fish stuff into his Porsche. Yeah. Brilliant. And he didn't seem to be that worried about it.
3: Well he is super rich. Maybe he can just buy a new I mean didn't I he think turn it would up have been in, insured. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that was that was such a moment though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh I can't believe she's gonna do that. Daisy, I just
3: <laughs> I yeah. really admire
0: her her, her her
3: impetuousness. I know she, she's really good fun actually and, and it is nice seeing the early, you know, someone who becomes such a big, big star. Mm. And this very sort of, I mean, she's so strong in this. I mean, I feel like she's there, you know, she's, but I, I do think that does have something to do. One thing the, the film did really, really well is building a very believable, immersive world. Like you feel, I believed in that Portuguese community. I believed in, you know, the relationships between Mama Leone and the three girls. It's easy to become invested because there, there was a lot. I mean, I personally felt the dialogue could have been a little bit sharper, um, a little, maybe a few more, witty things you know something that will make you laugh but it wasn't really about that i think it's more about um enjoying this relationship of these three women and kind of ex- exploring their sexuality and having their ups and downs and things like that and i think they did that really well and, and there's definitely chemistry between the three girls i'm not sure about their love interests <laughs> <laughs> although i think vincent d'onofrio and uh lily taylor had quite a lot of chemistry
1: I think they did all right, those two. Mm. Um, I don't, before we go to the scores, guys, I'm not, I can't quite understand what they had against Portuguese people. Um, I, for me, I've not known if they're a, if they're a community that have typically been underserved by America. I don't know why they were like, yeah. the posh people were like, oh, these Portuguese.
3: Well, I think it was also probably more the townie versus the, you know, wealthy people right. kind of thing. But, you know, that's, she refers to herself, Daisy refers to herself as a townie. And I think that's, that's what what it's about
0: any any minority will probably just be the one that's looked down on you know sure. i think also they are the ones that dominate the fishing in that area so um the preppy style people are not going to be they're going to be employing those people as their maids as their um, housekeepers yeah
1: and they all happen and to be that, portuguese yeah okay should we head to the scores, guys?
2: So these are our patented FlixWatcher scores. They are all out of five. You may have decimal places. Um, the lowest you can go is zero, no minuses. And we always start with the recommendability, please.
1: So we'll start with you, Susie, as this is your...
0: Well, on the one hand, I recommended it <laughs> to you all to watch. Uh, so I should be saying five. But having watched it again, um, and I probably haven't seen it for about six years, um, so I feel like, you know, I'm looking at it through a different lens, possibly. Um, I think I've actually plumped for three. I don't think I would recommend it to other people in advance of other shows. (laughs) I know it sounds awful to go from a five to a three, but... If that's the score you feel
2: in your heart it needs, then that's fine. (laughs) I mean if you'd have said like zero, it might have been a bit sad.
1: you're gonna go for three. Yeah. Um Sarah May. Um,
3: I think I'll also I tend to go quite high on things. Um, but I I, I think also three because I would I would recommend it, especially for people who I I love rom coms and there aren't that many um maybe this is a romantic drama rather than a Yeah, I don't feel
1: anyway, rom commy about it.
3: Yeah. Um, but definitely for people who love romance films and particularly 80s nostalgia and Julie Roberts, um, I would definitely recommend it to them, but I, that's probably, I would, I, I would ascertain whether they're the type of person who would enjoy it, you know, first. So that kind of narrows it down a little bit. That takes the score down a bit. because so I wouldn't recommend it to just everybody.
1: So what's your score? Three. Three. Helen?
2: Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a bit higher. Um, I I really thought there was a a lot here to enjoy and I don't think that we've even quite cracked making films that are this female-centered and Mm. kind of, you know, for its time as well. I was really surprised by it um, and enjoyed it a lot more than I probably anticipated I would. And I, I think if anyone sort of vaguely remembers seeing it or maybe kind of knew about it and seen parts of it, then I I think it's worth revisiting. I don't think it's aged as bad as I thought it was going to. Mm. And yeah, some of the dialogue is a bit clunky and we've already spoken about some of the the sort of flaws in the, in the male characters, but I just think the performance from all three of the female leads are just really lovely. Mm. And I, I, I quite enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a, a four.
1: Sure. Um, I'm going to go for 3.5. You guys seem a bit harder on us or maybe we're just more used to <laughs> films that we're less likely to recommend. Um, I can see why I didn't watch this. I knew it existed. Um, didn't watch in the 80s, but I don't think I watched any kind of rom-coms in the 80s. Or if I did, I probably wouldn't have understood what was going on or the, or the point of them. So I think I was more comedy and action, guys, when this kind of came out. I remember a pretty woman coming out and, and girls liking it and me just thinking, oh. ugh. <laughs>
0: But you
1: like okay. it now, right? I, I don't think I've seen it for twenty years. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. To be oh, perfectly we honest have, with you, oh <laughs> goodness. Um, so Julia Roberts, you can see this is why she became a star. I think you, see, you can see a lot of the kind of tropes. I'm like, like Helen. I'm not that big a fan of hers. People seem to love her massively. I'm not. I'm kind of like, yeah. I think she, this is probably one of her best roles. I yeah, think.
2: Yeah, I really, really liked her in this. Mm. And there's a lot of films that I've seen her in that I find are really, really, really irritating. Yeah. But I think this is a very kind of honest performance from her and less kind of superstarry y Yeah, and exactly. Just, she just feels a, a, just feels a bit real yeah. in it.
1: Um, so, yeah, let's go to repeat viewing score, Susie.
0: Um, so the, the repeat viewing score was based on how often I would want to watch it again.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, given it's an 80s film, these kind of films you may have seen lots of times because you love it to bits. Or if it's like a new film, it's like your, your instinct as to whether you think... A, you need to or B, you will watch it last again.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to say two (laughs) because I don't think I'm going to seek it out much more in the future.
1: Sarah May?
3: Um, I think I'm going to give it a three again because I do think it's one of those films that you can rewatch and especially if you're in the mood for something sort of warm, uh, sparkling performances – you know that kind of is like a feel. It's definitely a feel-good film, and you know I I do tend to rewatch things if I if I enjoy them.
1: Did you feel it was a feel-good film? Because I mean I mean he had the wedding at the end, but then that was for it's me. It was good like...
3: in this sort of cathartic sense yeah. of like okay. they've gone through things, they've come out on the other side. Sure. You know, she's going the,
1: to college yeah. to settle down with uh, the preppy also, guy.
2: Forgetting the thing though, so spoiler um, the a weird restaurant critic does come to yeah. Mystic and he tries the pizza. Yes. And that's kind of like a... I mean, I knew that was... I nice mean, I think even... You, Did
1: you know that was going to happen yeah, for the first... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of
2: forgotten that they'd mentioned that. And then when he came back, I was like, oh yeah, this is the part of the story where they... Comes and tries the pizza. He was so great. That's, that's, feel, that's kind of feel good. That actor, yeah. whoever he is, um, he he was
3: really cool. Like that, you know. He just really reminded me of like Orson Welles or someone like that. You know, this gourmand, who's kind of deigning to come and review this little pizza
2: place. You know, so I thought that was quite fun.
1: Helen, repeat viewing score.
2: So um I mean, it's, it is an hour and forty-four minutes, which is probably. A little bit longer than it, it needs to be it probably could be made a bit faster by making some of the dialogue a bit snappier mm. um so I think this is definitely something that if it if, if it happened to be on I would sit down and watch for sure probably without turning it off but whether now I've seen it I'm going to return to it that much not not that sure so um, this was so the first
1: time just to reiterate yes yeah, so yeah. this
2: is the first time that I can remember seeing, I don't think I've seen it before. Um, so um, I'm going to go for a two as well on that one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go for one. Um, it's fine-ish, but I think there's just better examples of rom-coms. Um, if I felt the need to, if I maybe have watched another Julia Roberts film and thought she's done better, I might revisit it in that in that kind of instance. But other than that, I can't see myself coming back to it. Um, in fact, I'm going to go for point 0.8. 0.8? Point
0: 0.8. Oh. Point eight. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs>
1: Small screen score? Five. Five. Okay.
0: <laughs> Absolutely worked on the small screen. Sarah May. Um Yeah,
3: I agree. I mean, I'm not going to go that high. <laughs> just, just to be uh, 3.5, it definitely works. I'm sure, you know, just as well as on the
2: big screen. Helen? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to go with uh, Susie with a five on this one. So, I I probably say this every time we have quite an old film on that I've never seen before. That it is great that Netflix has all these, um, you know, films that you may have missed, but you've always wanted to see. This is on there. If if that is you, um, and yeah, it really works. I mean, I can't imagine you'd get anything else from it, watching it on a larger screen. Um, and I guess for most people, when they would have seen it either, uh, you know, in the eighties, it probably would have been like a borrowed older sister's VHS <laughs> or maybe late night on TV or something. So yeah, small screen, uh, five.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to go for a five. There's no way I'd watch this in the cinema. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything, it didn't seem TV movie yes, but it also didn't seem cinematic. cinematic no, yeah. so, It is a
2: little bit TV movie. And the soundtrack, mm. oh my God. Yeah, yeah, so I
1: don't remember. it's wow. really
2: awful. Yeah, wow. so, oh. I had
0: to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a child of the 80s. <laughs> actually, ch- no, I'm a child of the 70s. No, I 100 agree.
2: It didn't have, um, you know, like the Breakfast Club as Yeah,
1: got didn't song. have a key song. Or... It just
2: didn't have a key song, and um, I had to um, watch it on uh, on an iPad with headphones and. I also had the subtitles on, so it came with the subtitles with the songs. And I was like, these songs are
0: awful. <laughs> They're really bad. What I was interested to see was the, uh, the very first song in the bar was, um, or when it first opened, sorry, was um, one that I knew from KD Lang singing. Uh,
1: Constant Craving?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> <That's the> no, <only laughs> one of her earlier ones. That's the only uh, one I know. It's a country one. Um, and I think it was about Don't Let the Stars Get In Your Eyes, that one. Uh,
1: engagement score, Susie.
0: Well... Now, engagement is how difficult would it be for me to turn it off if I came across it and it was already on?
1: Well, that's one way you can judge it.
0: Yeah. So, whereas I wouldn't necessarily seek it out, if I turned on the TV and it was on, or I happened to be scrolling through and it was on, I'd absolutely sit and watch it all the way through again. Okay. So bizarre. but. And that's a. Makes that so into a number.
1: Four. <laughs> four. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah May.
3: I'll give it a three. Um, It was quite difficult for me because my husband kept getting up or coming in, getting up halfway through and huffing around because he really didn't. It it somehow, for some reason, it it incensed him. I don't know (laughs) what it was particularly. And so he kept coming in and, like, making tea and stuff and huffing about this and that, um, you know, with the film. So I had to sort of tune him out. But I think I was quite engaged.
2: Yeah, so I I would say three. Helen. Helen. So the reason I was watching it on a secondary device is because I happen to have the ashes on the big TV um, at the same time so I could kind of watch the film mainly but also sort of absorb the sport in, in the background. So I, I don't... Even it shouldn't have I been
1: was... the other way around. Because with the ashes, you get the, re- you get the replays, don't you, when something good happens? Uh,
2: it's something to do with the way that certain devices in the house can only play certain things at one time. Ah, uh, Okay. If that makes sense. Um, so um, I, I can't give it, I don't think I can give it anything higher than a 3.5, even though I was fully engaged in the story um, uh, with one eye. It has to be 100% to be anything more than a 3.5.
1: I'm going to go for a two here. I was waning. I was waning. Um yeah, I can't really explain that. Um, so that gives us an overall score of 3.26875. Um, at this point, we'll head to Twitter, where we did, as always, put a tweet out. And we had one response via a friend of Susie's. Um, Susie, do you want to read that out?
0: Yeah, so this is from uh, Kids Doctor Dave, uh, a friend of mine from the uh, Maximum Fun um, flat, uh, fan group. Um, Maximum Fun is a podcast uh, network, and uh, we've all met each other through our love of those podcasts and he said i saw it a million years ago when it was new mostly to see annabeth gish because she was a student at duke when i was there i never really enjoy stories where affairs with babysitters are plot points but it was okay i guess and he gave it he gave it three stars
1: yeah um which i think kind of tallies with a lot of what those guys are saying here um yeah, I think that's that's how for now, guys. Can you sign off by telling us where people can find you online and uh say bye to whoever's listening?
0: Well, yeah, thanks all for listening. And if you want to find out more about birds and the wild birds we have both in this country and in um America and Canada, oh and Mexico, which I recently went to, just to throw in mm. another place that I recently went to.
1: And Antarctica. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know why you forget Antarctica. <laughs> that'll be that'll be like the top of my list of everyone's been to the you know the other side of the Atlantic, but not many people have been to the Southern Hemisphere true, to the sorry, true. to the Southern uh, yeah. Antarctic Circle.
0: Check out my penguin episodes. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Casual Birder Pod, and on Instagram at Casual Birder Podcast. Jeremy um, You can find me at FableGazers.com
3: all the information will be there um and all our season the season one is fully available to listen to um twitter is at fable underscore and instagram is at fable
1: okay thank you very much guys for coming on thanks
3: for coming
2: on thank you thank you, thank you. bye,
3: bye. bye.
2: audio, tell them what has sent you. You just heard a Stripped Media Production.